0: This is Take a Cue episode eight.
1: Welcome to Take a Cue. I'm Jen Wise, 4th and 5th grade instrumental music teacher.
0: And I'm Eric Dunno, 8th grade band and jazz band director.
1: We're two veteran educators with over 35 years of experience teaching music in New Jersey public schools between the two of us, and we're excited to bring teaching experiences and insights to you.
0: So excited. Whether you're just starting out in your teaching career or you've been teaching longer than we have, this show will help you grow with new ideas and perspectives about music education and teaching.
1: We hope you'll be just as inspired as we are every time you listen. Before we begin, if you like our podcast, please help us out by doing a few super easy things.
0: First, subscribe on your favorite podcast app.
1: Then make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review.
0: It helps people find our show who haven't yet, and we really appreciate it.
1: If you find that you get a lot out of our episodes, we'd be grateful if you considered becoming a monthly supporter to help us grow our podcast.
0: You can sign up and make a secure monthly payment using the link in our show notes or on our anchor site, anchor.fm slash take a That's all one word.
1: Also, if you have questions or comments about anything you hear on the episode, come and interact with us on social media. We're Take a Cue Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hey, Eric. Happy November.
0: Happy November to you too, Jen. We are in the thick of it.
1: Oh my goodness, we are. I'm. I, I'm. A, it's actually pretty good to be in the routine now. Um, September's so chaotic and October, I'm am like kind of settling in, but I feel like we're we're in the groove now. We we know our lesson days. We know when to bring our instruments, pick yes. up, drop off. It's like it's it's rolling. So
0: we can finally do some musical stuff and not just focus on how to enter and exit the classroom. Mm-hmm. Instruments up,
1: instruments down, instruments up, instruments. Down. I mean, yeah, that's that's where, where we were at. So this feels pretty good. I'm I'm in it. The band's rolling and daycare germs are dissipating you know so that's nice so, yeah
0: oh, that's for one of us i was oh home my. sick with kate this week and, oh no yeah uh, yeah it's all right she just had some runny nose and cough but she's better now she's okay. feeling good
1: yeah oh shoot yeah um i hope uh yeah i hope it just things just lay low for a little bit I'm excited for, for our topic today I think I think we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about about chamber music have you uh, have you done any good reading
0: have you what, what have you been up to it's funny you asked that just today an article came across my Facebook feed from edweek.org. I don't usually read stuff from them not that I don't want to. It's education week, Mm -hmm. but it's an article by Todd Nelson, and it's called An Ode to the Classroom Rhythms of Fall. Now is the sewing time. This is not about music specifically, but I thought it really captured sort of October really well. So it starts out with a poem by Donald Hall, who is a a farmer, and he wrote, in October of the year, he counts potatoes dug from the brown field, counting the seed, counting the seller's portion out, And bags the rest on the cart's floor. And the rest of the article goes to talk about how, as educators, we are kind of like backwards farmers. That what we sow now, we're in the process of sowing the seeds now in October and November, that will hopefully be able to be harvested in the spring, which is kind of the opposite of what farmers do. And it was a great, great little article and I appreciated reading it. And Mm -hmm. um, if anybody wants to read it, I can certainly link in our, on our show notes. October is the time when we're starting to sow those seeds so that we can have a successful rest of the year.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'll tell you what, like I know that, uh, that time between Thanksgiving and winter break in elementary school, that, Sugar plums are just dancing up there. so if we don't get it in in October, all of a sudden it's January and it's our our winter concert and we're using this time really, really well right now to just get those basics in and get a good jump on our you know winter concert rep that's 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 a nice quote that's a nice sentiment.
0: well, let's move on to some chamber music today. Yeah. So that's kind of our topic du jour mm-hmm. is how you and I try to incorporate chamber music and and other smaller ensemble experiences into our students' lives, which I think are really important. I know some of my favorite experiences as a musician often stem from the smaller group experiences that I've had, like playing in the sax quartet or doing smaller um, ensemble things. I used to play drums in a blues band. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's kind of considered chamber music yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. But I know, so I enjoy getting the chance to introduce my students to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like even small ensembles I played in in high school, I, I still have a connection to those people. And yeah, you just you learn so much about yourself as a musician and a leader by being in, you know, in those those groups. And it's really fun to watch the kids learn about themselves this way too, learning about what you do in middle school. And I'll talk a little bit what I, about what I do in elementary school and some other formats that that I've gotten to do, I think we have some cool stuff to talk about today. So
0: looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you guys just did a whole, I don't want to say a revamp vamp of your your schedule, but you guys, you guys really looked like integrated it into your program right now, right?
0: Yeah. It's now become part of the curriculum.
1: But yeah. How did that happen? How did you, how did you get the support for that? Where did that come from?
0: So I looked at how much playing time our students had, and I noticed that as much as I would love that every kid in band takes their instrument home every day and practices and brings it back and mm-hmm. practices five, six, seven times a week. I don't know about yours, but mine. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, you kind of have to be realistic and know your students and know that, at least in Livingston, a lot of students, when they're done with school, it's not like school just ends and then they're just home. Mm-hmm. They go from school to home one sports practice to another sports practice to their tutoring sessions or or whatever. And not every student, but a lot of students, you know, don't even get started on their homework till eight o'clock at night. Sure. So carving out that time to practice, unfortunately for a good number of students is just something that doesn't happen. So I was looking at the issue of, I want to get my kids to play more. I want their instruments in their hands more during the school day, because I know if they're playing during the school day, they're playing. Mm -hmm. In our school, we have a schedule that is nine periods long. One of them is lunch. And so that leaves eight classes between their core classes and PE and enrichment class, which is where they do large ensemble time, which meets every other day. Mm -hmm. But they also have a cycle class, which is art or um, tech or business. Mm -hmm. And so one of the other issues was that these cycle courses were getting to be filled up quite a bit. And I looked at what we had and said, well, I want my kids to play more. We need fewer kids in the cycle classes. What if we introduced a small ensemble cycle where every marking period, a group of students of like instruments were scheduled for cycle during the day, every day for that marking period, instead of being pulled out for private lessons. It would take kids out of the cycle classes for that period during the day it would get the instruments in their hands for 45 days in a row. That's huge. That's a lot of time. If you look at our schedule, the way it used to run where they did their large ensemble every other day and then they had their lessons pulled out every week. Mm -hmm. If they came to every lesson and every lesson was held and there were no snow days, they had a max of like, I don't know, I think it was 39 or 40 days that they had outside of band. Okay. Holding their instruments. So now we've Mm -hmm. got one marking period where they're doing more playing than they did the entire year for lessons. That's which huge. Worked out really well. So I okay. pitched it to my boss. He pitched it to his bosses. They had to go and you know get it approved by the Board of Ed, but everybody seemed to really like the idea. And so now I'll do a marking period like right now I have my percussionists in oh. marking period one. And we spend an entire marking period playing percussion instruments.
1: So everybody in band has Small ensemble as a cycle, or do they elect to be in a small ensemble?
0: The guidance department basically, and and the administration, when they make the kids schedules for the the next year, they schedule the small ensemble classes first Mm. for all the kids in band. That's the and dream. then they schedule the rest of their schedule. That's so cool. I think eighth graders have two possible periods. They can have cycles. So they can have cycle either like period nine or period eight or something like that. Okay. So the first thing is they have to make sure that all band kids have cycle during the same period mm-hmm. during the day. Mark- this year, it happens to be ninth period. We give them a list of who we want in each marking period. And then the guidance department and the admins create those classes first.
1: Wow. Okay. That's great.
0: So that works out really well. So yes, everybody in band has to do small ensemble. There's no option. Wow.
1: Okay. Everybody's got to play. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. Because
0: otherwise it really doesn't serve the purpose that we want it to serve.
1: Are you like missing out on a lesson time? like, Or is this just so much more valuable that you're like, all right, I'll take bigger lesson groups to make this happen?
0: I do lose one lesson period per day mm-hmm. so on non-band days i have three lesson periods a day okay and on band days i have two okay but remember i only teach one grade in one school right right so for our listeners who are like well that may sound not sound like a lot my lessons my pullout lessons are still between like three and five kids each okay because i've taken those kids when i have like right now i have percussion Mm-hmm. period nine I don't have them for pull out lessons marking period yeah
1: nor. that was my next question were they still being pulled out for lessons okay so nope. they might they they might I would assume they'd enjoy not being pulled out for a little while just you know just
0: having sure their consistent schedule that's cool I, I mean some kids love missing class but for a sure. lot of kids don't <laughs> um, and their teachers definitely appreciate not having them missing um, yeah. you know at least for that one marking period
1: right oh that's cool um, and we
0: also, um, my principal made me promise that when we, when we schedule our classes for each marking period, mm-hmm. he made me promise that the largest group would be during testing. <laughs> so there's fewer nice. kids getting pulled out <laughs> of class for lessons <laughs> okay. during like standardized testing time.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. All right.
0: Not that they get, they don't get pulled out for standardized testing, but you know, they're getting ready for the test and all sure. that. So yeah, the fewer kids out a few
1: weeks before, uh, yeah, I get that. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. So I will say that I did sort of come up with this idea while I was talking with one of our colleagues in uh, Union County. Uh, okay. His name is AJ Felici, mm-hmm. and he's a clarinetist. Now he does something like this, or at least did at a pre- maybe his previous job. I can't quite remember. This was a few years ago. We chatted about it, but he did this more out of necessity because he didn't have the kind of lesson program that he needed to be able to pull out kids. Mm-hmm. So like this was this was his solution for that. But when we were talking about it, I was thinking, wow this would work really well in addition to a pull-out program as well
1: as an ensemble do they end up performing a separate piece on the concert like do they end up performing or are they they kind of are practicing this this rap and and working together just for the sake of of doing it
0: well let me let me take a, a step back first okay. before i answer that question sure we don't just do ensemble work in small mm-hmm. ensemble we call it a small ensemble mm-hmm. but there's so much more um, and I say we because Brendan does this with seventh grade now. We started it with just eighth. Okay. And then after that worked well, um, Brendan started doing it with seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So there's so much in there. Like percussion is so unique because I don't know about you. I feel like percussionists need double the lesson time. Oh, totally. Of every other instrument because they yeah. need time for, you know, snare technique, which is often way more complicated mm-hmm. than the rhythms that like their colleagues are learning. Yeah. But they also need time for mallets. Right. Totally. And then they're set up tear down, which yeah. takes up so much time. So for percussion, we do a lot of mallet work,
1: mm-hmm. a
0: lot of mallet work, a lot mm-hmm. of, um, you know, scales and arpeggios and things like that, just getting their hands working. Mm-hmm. And then we work on specific technique of like all the different percussion instruments. So we'll do like a day on triangle. When was the last time, like, I don't know, I don't like sit down with the kids in lessons, you know, and say, okay, now here's how we hold the triangle. And here's how we find the side that sounds the best. And sure. Here we have to hold it up. And here's how we hit it. And here's how we mute it. And okay. here's how we stop it from spinning. So like, yeah, there's so much time now to be able to go into the details of how do we play a tambourine? Yeah, right, <laughs> how do we play right. a bass drum sure. in the different ways that we need to? especially as we get towards more you know, demanding literature mm-hmm. in eighth grade and beyond, they need to know some of those details. So right. we get to take the time mm-hmm. to do that.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um,
0: which is great. So, uh, and I didn't forget your question.
1: No, no, it's, I want to, I want to comment on your, your percussion, like, cause I have the opposite issue. Our repertoire is so simple for percussion mm. compared to what everyone else in the room is, is trying to do. So like, I do all those things in my percussion lessons, but they, it doesn't stick, (laughs) you know? So it's like, and it's really hard to take the time in front of the whole ensemble when it's, it is time to strike the triangle at the, in the perfect place at the perfect time with the perfect, with the perfect beater. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to take time with with everybody else in the room to make that happen. That's amazing that you guys get to do that together.
0: Yeah. So that's that's part of it. It's also nice to have sectional time with the percussion because while the clarinets may have two clarinet parts that they're mm-hmm. working on that play the same rhythm, but with different notes, the percussion section is doing eight different parts right. with totally different instruments and totally different <laughs> rhythms. So it's nice to be able to take the time to just work with the percussion section. We always ask to have percussion first in the year so that we can really buckle down and learn just the percussion parts Every percussionist is there Mm. so we can work on, okay, we're going to do, everybody's going to learn the mallet part. Not everybody's going to play in the concert, but everybody's going to learn the mallet part. Now everybody's going to learn the snare part. Now everybody's going to learn the timpani part. So percussion alone, it's, the time is invaluable. That's cool. For the other instruments, we learn, you know, we do some of this with percussion as well, but we learn to play in a choir of like instrumentation with, with, or without a conductor Uh, They learn duets, trios. They learn maybe um, five or six kids together. Um, They'll put together student-led pieces. And yes, they do perform, but not at the concert. Okay. Our concerts are kind of late, and they tend to go a little later. At the end of each marking period, I'll bring the rest of the band to the auditorium, and we'll Mm -hmm. bring the chorus class that normally meets at the same time as us. Mm -hmm. We'll bring them to the auditorium, and we'll have each of those little quartets or trios perform for the other music students
1: oh like a convocation like in college or something that's nice Very yeah cool.
0: so we'll have you know like on clarinet and the clarinet marking period we'll have three or four clarinet trios Mm -hmm. get up and they'll introduce their piece that Mm -hmm. they chose and they worked on together without you know a lot i mean a little input from me but they're really doing it on their own okay and they'll play it for their peers and you (laughs) it's easy to play for parents it's hard to play for your peers oh
1: yeah that's a big deal okay especially Mm -hmm. for middle schoolers
0: (laughs) so a lot of the lit that they learn like again percussion we do it like a larger percussion ensemble piece Mm -hmm. but we don't do a lot of like the duets and trios as much But the clarinet, saxes, uh, brass, things like that, they learn a lot of music from the standard of excellence, excellence in chamber music, volume two. And I'll link to that in our show notes. It's a fantastic book because it's like if you've ever heard heard those trios for all or quartets for all. Yeah, sure. You can get them for any instrument, any transposition.
1: I think I have book one in my library. I'm pretty sure I do. I I and that's yeah, I've used that with, with small ensembles. It, yeah, it's great. It's really easy to use.
0: So that's where they pick their like duets and trios from. But you know, we also get a chance to sectionalize. You mm-hmm. you know, play all the and work on the band music with just the clarinets together. I give out all the same all the parts to all the clarinets so we can say, Okay, everybody's gonna learn the first clarinet part together.
1: Oh, okay. Well, okay good. everybody's
0: gonna now we're gonna switch on over to the second clarinet part
1: okay and they get that perspective and that's yeah neat.
0: it's really good it's really good to have the time but we also work a lot on composition so mm-hmm. they write short they write some melodies and note flight okay. um they do some ear training mm-hmm. they learn i give them time to learn a melody of their choice that they don't already know okay by ear and oh, then they have to perform it for the class. So there's like this individual like soloing that they have to do in front of the class too, so sure. they're learning to perform a little more uh-huh. individually.
1: That's awesome. That's pretty unique.
0: It is. It is. We yeah. get to work um we get to work on some lesson book material, so mm-hmm. we get to work on some techniques specifically like we would in in our pullout lessons. Yeah. Um cool. we get to watch Uh, some videos of excellent players and like have discussions about what makes their tone great or why is this ensemble, you know, excellent or why is this ensemble not so great? You know, like we come across stuff too. And we can even do some like rep class style stuff where they give feedback On their own performances, they give feedback to their peers. I was
1: going to ask, yeah, what if, like, if they're giving, you know, a lot of feedback to each other, and how how you set that up, like how how you kind of create that environment for them that they feel comfortable doing that.
0: It's usually fairly informal. We Mm -hmm. don't have like a written out form. I suppose I could do like a written out form or a form on Google Docs or something like that, but. Mm -hmm it's really, it's good just to get them listening to each other. And mm-hmm. you you know, as well as I do, when, when you have a student who is thinking about how their peer can get better right. and like something they're doing well and something they need to work on, then that student is also thinking of the same thing when they're playing, mm-hmm. which makes yeah. it really good, a great learning opportunity. I love this small ensemble opportunity. So if you're our listeners, if you're Schedule is similar to ours in that it's a longer day, longer period, but like shorter blocks. Um, And you have that cycle, and you have the lesson time. Consider taking one of your lesson periods away and making it this small ensemble cycle. The kids Mm -hmm. basically double the amount of time that they're playing in school, and they get to really get down to some nitty gritty.
1: Yeah, and you get to see them every day. That's that's really exciting. Yeah, that's
0: cool. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think it's really transformed the middle school. The program for us, and now mm-hmm. Brendan, like I said, Brendan does that now too in seventh grade, and he structures it a little bit differently because they maybe need a little more time before they're so self sufficient in seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing down uh, at the elementary schools? I, I'm I'm kind of curious because I know your time constraints are very are more constrained than yeah. um, our time constraints even were at the middle school. So how do you? get kids playing in these small groups as well.
1: Yeah, we we do it. It's a little easier with orchestra because I find that the private lesson thing is just that a lot of students will have had private lessons before they get to me. So a little, oh, in orchestra specifically. In, in orchestra specifically. Yeah, they're a little more comfortable playing by themselves or being leaders like that. I always, always have a chamber orchestra at the elementary level. And I, it's, it's their lesson group. I put all those students that have played before they got to me in the same, same group, whether, and whether they're in third or fourth or fifth grade, they, they all are in the same group and we work, We'll sometimes work on the orchestra music and talk about how, you know, what it means to be a, a leader in the f- the big ensemble. But more often, we'll pick out a duet, pick out a trio, um, and we'll we'll split up the parts and we'll do sight reading. And you know, we we approach every piece like you know. They always ask, "Are we going to do this on the concert?" And I'm like, "Well, let's see. Let's see if we like it. Let's see if it fits us. Let's let's see if it's if it's something we we really want to." polish and perfect or if we're just going to sight read this today and say that was fun and try something next week you know so so there's always a debate and we're always looking at different styles in in that group and that's that's pretty fun
0: I love that you mentioned also like leadership. That's mm-hmm. not something that I've really thought too much about as far as a small ensemble mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. But I may have to start looking at that too. Yeah. As something to work on in those small ensemble times because we have the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Talk to me
0: a little bit more about how you incorporate that leadership part.
1: In the first couple, like, full ensemble rehearsals like for the full orchestra I'll tend to place those students that that take private lessons and their bowings are always exactly what's on the page <laughs> so their bowings are you know are are moving at the right time and and everything I will put them right up right up front so that everybody can watch and do a little following and just see that happening at the cor- out of the corner of their eyes you know and then as the year goes on I change their position in the ensemble a little bit. I have them share a stand with someone who may be a little weaker, someone not from the chamber ensemble lesson group. And then I'm encouraging them to speak up and say, Hey, that's enough sharp or Hey, you know, use your, use your low second finger there. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging them to step up and say, Hey, like if the person next to you is doing something other than what you're doing, just give them a smile and say, "Hey, I'm doing it like this. why want to try it with me?" Sometimes they'll grab onto it and sometimes they'll just continue to play the right thing all the time, and that's fine, <laughs> you know, yeah, um but uh, I try and give them like I try and give the students in that group just the language to to help the people around them. Um, I love that. Yeah, I like and- that.
0: So it's really being a leader. Almost like a, a like learning how to teach mm-hmm. a particular skill or learning how to work with somebody who may need to tweak what they're doing.
1: Yeah, and uh, and we've all encountered some very very high level players that it's just not in their nature to reach out to the person sitting next to them and say, "Hey, let's make this better together." It's you know, so so uh, it's it is. I think especially at the fourth and fifth grade level, it's really helpful to just give them the language to talk to their peers and for the band it really depends on on the the year if we can fit it in how the spring is is paced it's really hard to fit this in in the, in the fall but sure and
0: and especially with beginners first uh-huh. year kids i mean they're just learning the basics of the instrument it's hard to put them in yeah. together and say hey let's learn a duet Yeah, right. They're still learning (laughs) BAG. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, Usually by the end of the second year, though, there are a few few students that are looking for a little more. And we call that chamber band. And Mm. I'll give out an additional piece. And again, I'll say, okay, this might be something we do on the concert if we love it and we want to perfect it and we want to do that. But um, let's just get together and play and let's try this and let's, you know, let's make some music here with a smaller group. And again, it's the kids taking private lessons, the the ones that are private practicing every day and taking an interest like an extra interest in it because like you said so many of our students are just e- everywhere <laughs> after school so it, it's not every student that that really fits this description so I'll, I'll invite those those students first to just take an extra lesson and I'll let their teachers know like hey I, um, I'm pulling a few extra students this week hope that's okay if not let me know mm. and no teacher has ever said no, that's not okay. <laughs> you know, so. Oh,
0: that's great. And
1: then, yeah, once word spreads that there's like other music floating out there <laughs> and, you know, mm. there's an extra, le- I'll have a couple kids come forward and say, hey, what do I have to do to do chamber band? And I'll just hand them the piece and I'll say, practice this and, <laughs> and come next week during third period, you know, and, and then, and then I'll grab, you know, a few more kids that are interested enough to put in the extra time. One year it became like, oh, hey, let's miss an extra class. And then we, we ended up having to pull the group apart a little bit and say that was fun but this is not really what we're going for but yeah that the, that's that's kind of how I approach the chamber band and sometimes the chamber orchestra, I'll pull in a couple extra kids that just say, wait, how do I do that? How do I get involved there? I'll hand them the piece and say, practice it. Let me know if you need help. And then, uh, you know, some kids will take the piece and and work on it a little bit and be like, you know what, this is too much for me. And I'll be like, okay, well, you tried. You know, I'm glad you were here. Glad you got yeah. to do this. And we'll use flex band arrangements. We'll use that. Yeah. Like like you said, that standard of excellence in chamber music, or what, what was it called again? Standard of
0: excellence in uh, chamber music in chamber standard music. of excellence excellence in chamber music in yeah. chamber music. there's two yeah, excellences in the world it's, it's definitely excellent
1: yeah <laughs> most, excellent.
0: <laughs> most excellent um most excellent
1: and yeah uh one year for the chamber band thing i had like five or six percussionists come out so like for the chamber band thing we'll add some accessory percussion we'll add like a cajon or a something you know just to to give us uh something behind it it does like the pieces i don't always have like a a snare drum and a bass drum part and this and that it's like too small of a group you know for that that kind of instrumentation but one year i had so many percussionists come out it's like okay well we're gonna do a chamber band and a small ensemble percussion piece you know and i found some elementary ones and we you know we just make make we fit the kids that are there you know um
0: yeah. So yeah. talk to me about it. Is so I know we talked about beginners, mm-hmm. uh, first year kids. Is there anything that you do that allows them to have a little bit uh, a performance opportunity where they're still maybe in a slightly smaller group? Okay, buckle up, everybody. This All one's right. a little
1: contra- controversial. <laughs> um, I have every. Oh, I didn't lesson. mean to wade into such controversial no, territory. No, it's okay. Here. It's good. It's just uh, some people love this and and have adopted it, and some people are like, no way, too much. Nope too much. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, this is this, this works for, for me. So I have every lesson group perform on the concert, their very first concert. Mm. So the flutes will get up and play a song. The clarinets will get up and play a song. And nine times out of 10 goes very, very well. They We pick a song in lessons. I don't want to say we vote on it, but I'm not going to put them up there playing something that they hate or they're not that excited about. We'll always pick something that we all agree is a good a good fit for our group. I have the percussionists play their song on bells, and that usually goes pretty well. I do give them the opportunity to play, to play snare pad on the, that first concert, and we'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But I find that if I ask them to get up with just four, five, six, seven other kids, they will rise to the challenge. They will do it. They will make, you know, they'll make it happen. Our winter concert is the last week of January. I'll make sure that by the time they leave for winter break, the last week of December, they know exactly what they're going to play uh, the last week of January. So there's no question. There's no, oh my gosh, I didn't know. <laughs> and they have plenty of time to work out that one song. We also play like two or three pieces as a band. It's just unison playing, but we'll have, I'll have the uh, percussionists play their snare pad on those pieces. And then on the small ensemble piece, they'll play, they'll play mallets. Pretty often I'll have groups, groups that like can start, start and stop themselves. Like they'll, they'll count each other off and, and it usually goes pretty well. They, they do a little bow at the end. They do a little sign off. You know, it's, it's, it's cute at the first concert, but I'm, I'm telling you, they get so much out of it.
0: You answered my, my next question. That yeah. was, how much are you involved in the concert with their lesson group performances? yeah uh but you answered.
1: yeah, you know, and with the brass players, I'll kind of sing sing the first couple notes at them just to make sure we're all in the same same hemisphere with with pitch. Um, yeah. but yeah, other than that, they can usually they can usually just go.
0: So it sounds like you' found a leadership opportunity or or at least an ownership opportunity mm-hmm. for even the first year students
1: Definitely. to have
0: that small ensemble performance, mm-hmm. even though they may only know. Six notes. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> totally.
1: And you know, I've always done it this way. This is like you. we said year 15 for me. I've always had my beginners play something with just their lesson group on their on their winter concert. In my first job when I taught sixth grade band as well, the way the concerts were structured in this in the winter. It was a sixth grade band only concert. There was no sixth grade chorus. There was no sixth grade orchestra. We had to fill an entire concert with the sixth grade band. And it was like, it was enough to get, to just get the national anthem out, out there on the stage. Like forget, you know, filling a whole night. Uh, Yeah. We had the same thing. We had small ensemble we had chamber music from from every group uh and it was easiest to just have each lesson group prepare something um, at, at that point but um yeah we do four or five uh, band pieces and then yeah in between peppered peppered in between with lesson groups performing chamber music I used a lot of just home homemade arrangements <laughs> or derangements Thanks. of of things because uh for sixth grade it's like you want to give them something from a, a duet book, but uh, they're not always aware of the key signatures you need them to be aware of. So I'd end up like just changing the key on certain things. And we'd learn a new note here and there, just a one-off to make sure they could, you know, outside of the lesson group to make sure we could get through the melody we wanted to. That was a big undertaking um, for the I love kids. It. Yeah. But that's great. Oh, it that's gives good. them
0: the experience and it also allows you to have a concert that's more than five mm-hmm. minutes long.
1: Yeah, it was good. Yeah, my my principal, I remember one year he was like, he uh, because we this this is also slightly nerve wracking, but I know you guys have to do the same thing. Our concerts were broadcast on the town like public access uh, channel. So after the concert, everything would go up there. And he was like, "What did I have to copy and paste? What what concert did you guys just do that was only twenty minutes? I had to loop it like thirty oh, times man. to get it through the broadcast." And I'm like, "Sorry, oh, yeah. no, <laughs> you know? I,
0: we don't we don't do that. Oh, thank goodness. Don't? Oh, no. <laughs> thank goodness." So My grandma said she's
1: <laughs> she's heard the band um, at graduation at promotion. Yes. On, okay.
0: Yes. On, on that TV. is one specific situation. Yeah, but like our concerts, okay. like, uh, are not. During oh. COVID, mm-hmm. when we couldn't have the full auditory the auditorium wasn't allowed to be full. Right. We did have them available on Zoom, but only live. For parents who weren't able to be there, and that was only during COVID. Yeah, Same we haven't thing really. Same for our
1: elementary concerts. Yet. Okay, so yeah, so I'm so, I'm sorry I misspoke. I just knew that my grand my grandma has heard your band. bad. <laughs> I'm so glad
0: I that I don't have to like you know any anything that goes wrong doesn't have to be played again and again and okay. again.
1: <laughs> I went and tried to um I I I had I was you know shopping for a car once and. Uh, the car salesman was like, you look so familiar, but, but we got to talking oh, no. and he was like, he's like, yeah, I live in, I live in Ringwood. I was like, oh, you've seen me on public. He's like, oh yeah, you're the band teacher. I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> so, oh uh, yeah, like locally famous, you know, the, those sixth grade band concerts were, were pretty great. The kids got really good um, in a really short amount of time. I also used to do with that group, a mo- like a very watered down version of a project that they did in my student teaching placement. I student taught at Timothy Edwards Middle School in South Windsor, Connecticut. Shout out to to all you guys over there. And we used to joke and say it was Disneyland for band. <laughs> uh, the schedule there was incredible. And there were 120 kids in like each grade level band. So like the sixth grade band, 120. And that's that was the ensemble, you know, I got up and And conducted for student teaching. It was it was really, really cool. And the choir was just as big. The orchestra was just as big. It was like all around really healthy program. And since the ensembles were so large, one day a week, they would go to the music tech lab and do like a music theory lesson and composition by the end of some of their marking periods, the culminating project would be composing a duet, composing a duet with a friend and performing it for your lesson group. That was a really, a really cool project. I used to, and I used to do something, you know, similar, but like I said, a little bit water, more watered down. We didn't have a tech lab. We didn't have all that, but I used to use Noteflate as well and have the kids write out, you know, an eight measure duet and perform it for their their lesson group. And some of them came out really, really good.
0: It's a great opportunity. And I mm-hmm. love getting a, getting a chance to do that with my kids, mm-hmm. writing something. I always tell them, you have to be able to write something that shows off your level. So right. if you can play more than quarter notes, mm-hmm. you can't write just quarter notes. Right. <laughs> but if you can't play a 30-second note run, you can't write a 30-second note run. You're not going to write that. Bit. Yeah. So, you know, so it really gets them thinking about what they can do. Mm-hmm. and it also lets me know what they think they can do.
1: Right, I get that. When I
0: listen to it. And then yeah. I have to perform it. Like you said, we have done some duets. Usually they choose the duets from either their lesson book or something they found online, mm-hmm. but their compositions are are individual at least yeah. at this point.
1: For like beginner beginners, like first year kids, I've done that project, but they create a warm-up. So once we know five notes, they write a warm up, and then the whole lesson group uh, has to perform their warm up. I put it up on the board, and nice, and that's that's how we you know we we incorporate that in the. the oh, I
0: like that. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to think about how it would go if I put some of my eighth graders' compositions up on the board mm-hmm. and had everybody try to play them.
1: Listen, it's we do it.
0: Some of it would do go really well, and some <laughs> of it, some of it, like. <laughs> I would have trouble reading the way they not- notated it. Well, that was that was <laughs> part of it. So
1: I you know, it's one of those moments where you're like, uh, oh, help me, you know, look at this, you know, semi quaver that you don't you don't know that's a semi quaver, but you drew one. So yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's it's one of those moments. But they take a lot of pride in it. I would also have them demonstrate it for the class first and then i'd be like oh you meant this you know yeah that was yeah
0: Yeah, the way you meant it wasn't how you wrote it (laughs) that's not what's on (laughs) the page but
1: yeah so it was worth it though that that project is pretty cool
0: so i like the fact that we were able to not only talk about some chamber music today but also about some composition projects Mm -hmm. that we've done with our kids totally i love the idea of putting it on the the overhead the, Mm -hmm. the projector and having the other kids kind of like try it out oh yeah i may i may steal that I will say there's one more thing that I, as I think back to when we started doing this chamber music program and that because the kids have to learn, I force them to start music without me and Mm -hmm. without counting off audibly or even visually. Yeah. Like some kids are like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to nod my head really big and then we'll play. And I'll be like, well, that's distracting to the audience. You can't do that. Well, I'm Mm -hmm. just going to stomp my foot. Well, you can't do that because that's making sound. That's not in the music. That's not very musical. Sometimes it takes them a whole period just to learn how to like, breathe and play together. Right. Like they, they for mm-hmm. some groups they figured it out and other groups they're like, we can't figure this out. right? One thing that I noticed is after we started doing more of that let's move together and play mm-hmm. together kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I noticed they started to move a little more in band two. Oh, that's cool. Instead of- I'm a of, mover. Oh, yeah. me too. Oh yeah. But like they started to move and not even really noticing that they were doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think that really helps with the communication throughout the group. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've never really been able to get eighth graders to do is to sort of move a bit with the music. But now that they started doing these chamber music groups where they had to move, otherwise they would never play together Mm -hmm. that started carrying over. So just, just another little thing that popped into my head.
1: I like it. It's a much more natural way to play even an ensemble. Well,
0: is there anything else that we should chat about here with, with chamber music?
1: I don't know. I think we did. I think we did pretty good.
0: I think so, too. If any of our listeners have other thoughts, we'd love to find out about what you do with chamber music, because we're always looking for ways to improve mm-hmm. what we're doing as well.
1: If you have a best practice for me with incorporating it, I'm, I'm excited to hear it, you
0: know. Right on. Yeah. So if you have other ideas for me or Jen, chat with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. There's so much room to grow. And that's why I really enjoy doing this with you, Jen, because I always learn something from you every time. Oh,
1: totally. Absolutely. Get out there and talk to us because we want to hear from you.
0: So if you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app if they offer it. I think Spotify and Apple podcasts are the ones that have the reviews and the ratings. So don't forget to do that mm-hmm. and tell other people about us.
1: Pass it on. Um yeah, share <laughs> share what we're talking about. We're we you know, we'd love to get a few more of you out there listening and and chiming in.
0: And we've got some big ideas for this podcast coming forward and some of those things will end up costing some money. So if you get a lot out of our podcast and you want to help us out, we'd love to have your support. You can consider becoming a monthly supporter at a a level that works for you the Mm -hmm. link is in our show notes you can also find it at anchor.fm slash take a cue we promise to put it to good work right back into the podcast to help us grow and uh, and try some new ideas here if you have any other ideas for episodes too you can always get in touch with us we love hearing about episode ideas that we haven't thought of we've got a list but we can always make that list longer
1: absolutely all right well thank you eric such a cool thing to hear about your your lesson program
0: awesome and I loved hearing about how you incorporated in your uh, all the way from beginners on up so kudos right. to you <laughs> this is
1: great well hey
0: have a great week at school and uh, we'll see you back here in a couple weeks when we have our Freestyle Friday with our new special guest
1: alright see you all soon.